0: Thanks for joining us on this episode and before we begin once again we're going to draw your attention to spiritforward.faith uh, our website where you'd be able to find information about the upcoming conference this september 2023 in douglasville georgia we're going to have a wonderful time you know ken um man you and josh the lord brought you and josh here last week for our prayer conference and it really felt familiar you know really felt yeah. like spirit forward 2.5 great things happened
1: and uh yeah i think uh over the next 12 months we're going to have a variety of spirit Forward opportunities but the uh the big event is this september i'm excited Mm -hmm. if you've never seen uh a miracle of deliverance you need to come amen if you've never seen somebody physically healed in front of you it'd be a good time to come if uh you're saved uh, not living the abundant Christian life that the gospel seems to promise you need to come and by abundant I don't mean uh, a padded checking account um, but the abundant life that the Lord promised in John 10.10 10. so we've got a we've got a great um, a great slate I don't know why that phrase came to mind a great slate of opportunities for you when you come um, so I'm excited hey we, we have a dream journal coming out um, just Ooh. in case people thought we weren't weird we have a dream journal <laughs> um, uh, designed to dream, and Jared Long is working on um, the assembly of it, but that will be given to the guests, and you will learn how God speaks to you in the night. You'll learn how God speaks to you in the day.
0: So it's gonna yeah. be
1: an epic couple of days.
0: Yeah, for real, it's it's a joy. I love you know, when the churches can get together for these conferences. We have awesome fellowship, and um, oh my word, how many people get touched by the Lord And so that's this September, you can register for free, you can find a discount on a hotel room, Um, man, so spiritforward.faith. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Spirit Forward podcast,
1: a show dedicated to the teaching, discussion, and demonstration of the work of the Spirit of Jesus. God bless you, and thanks for listening.
0: All right, Ken, so it's probably really appropriate that with last week's prayer conference, you know, we got fired up. And uh, so here we are today talking about prayer once again. This is one of those topics that it's it's pretty hard to disagree with, you know? There's a lot of Holy Spirit topics that cause division, but I'm not sure if anyone says we shouldn't pray. So we might be safe today. Oh, no. I, I, th- I can think of several <laughs> ways
1: we'll offend the religious... <laughs> status quo today not not intentionally right <laughs> i don't mean to be offensive um yeah i oh, i uh we're, it's something you and i are both passionate about and we certainly saw the lord move quite a bit in vero there uh this past week um so we're always gonna talk about it it's it's dialogue conversation with the lord so it's a vital vital topic and so when i when i was at bible school I graduated i taught a um i taught middle school at uh at, at the christian school i attended and then i went back to the uh the bible school bible college that i had graduated from and began to teach and they had had a class on prayer that had gone away so it was my privilege to resurrect that class and ever since then uh, i've just had a passion for um teaching discussing reading sharing i just i love the topic i also like to pray there was a season in my life where i read more about prayer than actually prayed mm-hmm. um i'm trying to uh correct that now and spend more time praying so this hour podcast is going to cost me two hours in the prayer closet you know um but yeah it's, it's a topic i'm passionate about for sure
0: yeah, that's great look i think all of us man could could attest we've we've preached more about prayer than than we actually pray and that kind of thing but it's also um yeah it, it is the topic that you know i can uh, just remember picking up a book by E.M. Bounds and making it through a page or two before being wrecked with conviction, you know, to drop on my knees and pray. And uh, there's a lot of components to prayer. Uh, I think that in the past few years, I've learned um, prayer isn't um, limited to just making your list, right? And working through your uh, to-do list with the Lord. There's a lot of components to it. And I think the various components of prayer, we go through seasons, right? You go through seasons where maybe in this season you're focused more on intercession on that season you're focused more on exaltation other seasons you're focused in on dwelling with the Lord Um, probably ideally we want a good healthy mix of of what prayer can be in in a life so I think before we get to talking about the church or corporate prayer we could start with how to pray as an individual right so Walk us through some of the things the Lord has taught you about your individual prayer life.
1: Yeah, first, God wants a relationship with each of his children. And um, relationships are really lousy without communication. So you need to learn to communicate with God. And you need to learn all the ways that God communicates with you. Certainly through reading the word, right? A primary, um, necessary um, way that the Lord is speaking to you right um, but he also speaks in other ways and so prayer is one of those ways that we can speak to him and also listen to for him to speak back with us now, I want to say early you talked about E.M. Bounds I know that it's easy for people to be really heavily burdened with the length of time they should pray and often people who are called to intercession but don't realize they are called to it will um, push their gift on other people who don't have the same gift so maybe you need to push aside hearing an intercessor speak that maybe guilted you or made you feel uh, less than in the kingdom because you didn't have three four hours a day to give to prayer, and start fresh with the idea that God wants to have a relationship with you, and um, that the Psalms were not just written for intercessors. The Psalms were written for every believer. That's great, right? To uh, to desire and be hungry for uh, the Lord. So yeah, I think each individual should have a time of prayer. And then, like any relationship, once you start communication, then you have to avoid the ruts. You have to avoid um, just the rote um, traditional uh, routine that goes beyond a routine and becomes something that's dry and lifeless. Uh, God is incredibly creative. God is incredibly vibrant. He is uh, infinitely joyful, and while he has set the earth so that the sun rises and sets uh, every single day, and so he loves tradition, <laughs> he loves routine. Um, he uh, he also has a the vibrant um, lover type pursuit that's described in Song of Solomon, right? Yeah. Uh, set my name as a seal on your heart. Um, you know, speaking of an obsession, right? A love that he has for uh, for us as his children. So. Just I think that's the first mindset of don't compare yourself with I.an. E. Bounds or Andrew Murray, who was my guy, Ian e. Bounds is your guy, or uh, whoever else, right? Um, but start with just this idea that I'm a born-again believer, um, spirit-filled, and I want to know the ways that God wants to communicate to me and the, and the, and the different ways that I can, can communicate with him, not just God help. But, yeah. uh, but moving beyond those beautiful, wonderful, necessary prayers of please help or, or oh God, oh God, oh God, uh, <laughs> and moving forward into a, a deeper type of communication.
0: You know, as much as um, we talk about our prayer rooms, deliverances, inner healing, and, and, and so much of, of that, and we won't get into that today, but um, man, so much of the Christian heart is set right through that peaceful relationship, um, dialogue with the Lord in prayer. Um, So I think moving beyond doing all the talking, right? So we go into the prayer closet and I could pick up a prayer book and start you know, praying these prayers out loud. I could pray the Psalms out loud. I could um, come to the Lord doing all the talking. But the minute I silence myself and I let him talk, right? And I let him speak over me. And when I can actually just sit in the quiet, in the solitude, and when I can let him dialogue with my heart, he's going to start making those adjustments, getting us to the place where it's like, you know, all the things that used to upset me where I would, I would feel like I would have to talk those out with a peer suddenly it's like, I, I want to get back into my prayer closet. When I come under fire, when I come under pressure, I want to get to the prayer closet and talk with the lover of my heart. So there's there's a shifting away from what men say over me to what God says over me. There's a shifting away from what men think about me to what my father thinks over me. And so when we prioritize dialogue or relationship in the prayer closet, when we realize, like Song of Solomon, he's saying, meet me in the secret place because I love your face and I love your voice um, and a our last episode was uh, my sermon from the conference that included a lot of this content, so we don't really need to rehash it. But when we recognize there's a great invitation into a place of relationship, there is so much vibrancy to just letting Him, okay, like Psalm 23 Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Jesus said, We speak from the overflow of the heart. And so, Realistically, the sitting with Jesus is necessary for the fruit of the Spirit. Necessary for his words coming out of my mouth and for walking out this impossible calling that is the Christian life.
1: Yeah. I sat with somebody yesterday and I said, what do you think the number one reason is that a believer cannot hear God's voice? And so I'll ask our listeners that. Give you three seconds to think about it. And it's pain. The number one reason a believer— does not hear the voice of God is because of pain. Uh, I, I might put a tradition uh, slash unbelief uh, as a close second because they're taught that you can't hear from God outside of the written word. But um, the pain of our heart often keeps us from hearing God's voice, and so we never take time to sit down and listen to Jesus because we've been hurting for so long that um, that we we simply don't believe that He can or, or will talk to us. And so the, those inner healing episodes that we've done in the past are very helpful to clearing the way for the river of Holy Spirit to flow through your life um, and you'd be able to, to sense what he's saying. Um, so in prayer, you've got a couple things. You've got schedule. Uh, Daniel the, pro- the prophet, right? Three times a day, morning, noon, and night, um, following what he was taught in Jerusalem. It's certainly a, a good Old Testament Jewish routine to fall in. Um, I my, my middle of the day prayer life is very minimal um, as far as like length of time. But time in the morning, time in the evening uh, is uh, is what I really try to make a, a meaty time and then Amen. just schedule uh, for my life, my ministry, that what God has privileged me to do allows me to pray throughout the day with people um, most days. So prayer for the individual. What does it look like if you say, okay, I want to have a relationship with God. Where do I start? Um, I would start with determining when you're going to pray because if you just... It's just so easy to go day after day and, and look at the clock and be like 11 o'clock in the morning and think, ah, I'm going to pray tomorrow. All right? So you got to have a proactive time when you set. And then um, how to pray, I would begin with Promises of God. And there's a ton of resources out there. I don't have any specific one to recommend. Obviously, beyond the Bible. But if you're looking for categorized promises from Scripture, there's a ton of books, 99 cent books you can find mm-hmm. on Amazon. And Uh, take those promises and start your prayer life the right way. A lot of times when I'm training people or coaching people in their prayer life, I have to help them undo soulish prayer. Lots of complaining, lots of praying through a list and each name they get to, they kind of vent about it or they just, they hem and haw around, or they just say, bless them, bless them, bless them, which is great, but there's nothing tangible they're asking for. And so learning to pray a promise over a situation, learning to look over names and let God highlight the people that he wants you to pray for rather than just praying through a list of 500 names. I worked with a guy one time who had a lengthy list and we went through the list and I said, man, you pray through this every day? He's like, every week I pray through this list and I said, what do you see answered? He's like, oh, not much and it turned out there was five people on the list who were already dead and it was just like he was just, was just praying through this list religiously and never had a tangible interaction with God so it's just like, you know, uh bless this guy bless this guy a bunch of famous christians he was praying for and well i appreciate the effort and i'm sure the lord's in his grace and mercy responds to these types of prayers um for us as sons and daughters of the king i don't think it's the best i don't think it's the most excellent way for the lord to uh interact for us to interact with the lord
0: that's for sure um specific prayers get specific answers you know i think that is just a guiding principle you don't, if you don't have because you don't ask and if the lord says ask and keep asking knock and keep knocking seek and keep seeking you know there's there is a specificity to what we're praying and um, there's just you know and when you engage in that there's literally no arguing with it you just come to this place in your life where you're like god only answers my specific prayers right um, Concerning the timing of the day, I think it was Jonathan Edwards who said this, that the morning is the rudder of the day. If you don't find God in the morning, it's not likely you'll find him the rest of the day. And so there is something quite powerful about those morning hours. And I think it kind of is doubly so for our digital age, because once I pick up a device, it's like my brain turns to mush. Yeah. You know, so putting that off, and being able to sit in my chair with a coffee, and a Bible, and and just be with my father, um, allowing him to be the rudder of my day. There's no pressure. I mean, I just get to sit with him. It's it's literally the best. <laughs> I just get to sit with him, and uh, allow him to start the day. And uh, he he might lead the conversation one way or the other, and then. Yeah. Understanding his heart, I think, is how, can, how we can best engage with those specific prayer requests. So, for example, if I see Ken, you know, he's running off the deep end and this guy's, you know, his, his life's going down in flames um, and I need to pray for him, boy, having a connection with my father's heart is going to best inform me for how to pray for Ken, how to give those specific prayers for Ken.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I have to be the example there, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that. No, it's um, I think one of the struggles with prayer, and it goes back to some of these other topics we've talked about, is the pain you feel, the misunderstanding you feel about God. He doesn't want to talk to you because he's angry. Yeah. And just a, a total misunderstanding of the gospel. Right. That Jesus has purchased the right to be with you. He's present with you. Um, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, there's more of the Holy Spirit he has for you. Yes. And the father's love for you. I mean, there's just so many different parts of the way uh, of how God feels about you that are lost um in much of the church. And so it becomes liturgical in some places or it becomes pharisaical in others, it's just just becomes a list. And I really feel like we treat God like a grocery store. Either he's a convenience store that we run into, we get what we want. Or for others it's the it's the awful chore of going in with that lengthy list. And I'm going to work through it. I got to do it. Just like you got to go get groceries for the family and you dread the chore. Uh, that's how we treat God. At the end of the day, we're just hoping to get things from him and uh, trying to do it the right way. We bring our coupons and our lists. And uh, in prayer, we bring our promises and our list. And um, But there's not a lot of expectation because there's not a lot of relationship. Oh,
0: man, I got a good example right here. Yesterday, my son finished his school year. Uh, my boys are homeschooled and my oldest son did a phenomenal job as my wife has spent most of the school year pregnant and so my oldest boy just took the horse by the reins did a phenomenal job for himself organized everything did every finished the school year you know he's an honor roll kid helped his younger brother really helped bring his younger brother along so you know mom and i agreed like i'm gonna take this dude out and let him buy something cool and a reward. So we were at the, we were at Walmart, you know, walking around the super center, and we didn't have a list. He just had his father, and it was like, I was paying, and you get to just walk out here and and see what you want and enjoy the time together, and and we did. We had an awesome time together, and there's no pressure on him because like it's paid for. Dad said I could, and so here we go enjoying fellowship. I love it. That's
1: a pretty good example. Perfect. Uh, Yeah. Timely, for sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, you're a good pastor. You can take all of your recent life uh, circumstances and turn them into a sermon (laughs) illustration. So, clutch. Clutch move out of you. Uh, Let's talk about the voices. So, uh, one thing that I found uh, in interacting with uh, some people from my uh, independent Baptist background is they don't believe you can talk to Jesus or the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. And... uh, it leaves me scratching my head. Like, really? It leaves me in disbelief. So um, I there's a lot of voices going on in my head, first of all. And if, if shame and guilt and Satan all have the right to talk to us, then certainly all three members of the Trinity, they're all one, first of all, so they can interact with us. But these three persons um, are all interacting with you, right? Um, <clears throat> Jesus came and he talked to John after the ascension. And you could say well that's not a pattern that's not normative but uh, it seems like after the resurrection there's these there's these appearances and then even after the ascension it, it seems like he is a personal right he he went about with them mark ends by saying that he went about with them accompanying them in their works hebrews he never leaves you or forsakes you um lo i'm with you always even on the ends of the earth right the great commission so you have these promises from the lord that he's present with us and he's not present with like a floating molecule He's not present in, in just some ethereal way. He's he's present as our, our friend and as our savior. And so uh, in, in our Rafa rooms, we see people interact with Jesus a ton, and it's incredible. Um, the freedom, the love of the Father they feel, the way it ignites their passion for scripture, the way it sets their, their prayer lives on fire, the fruit that it bears alone would convince me that you could talk to Jesus still. But there's also the scriptures. You're allowed to talk to Jesus. and uh, and a lot of Christians, frankly, are only comfortable talking to Jesus because they have father wounds, or they, they're scared, they got an angry God complex, so they talk to Jesus, they feel comfortable. You can talk to the Holy Spirit, right? Second uh, uh, Corinthians ends with that phrase, the fellowship of the Spirit. The Spirit certainly talks to us multiple times, you have, uh, in the New Testament, uh, the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit speaking uh, specifically to the apostles, like Paul. So the Holy Spirit speaks. I think we're allowed to talk back. Right? <laughs> um, but people, some people take uh, the model prayer, the instructions of Jesus when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven as being um, the only way to pray rather than uh, guidelines for you. Um, but if you take the New Testament together. So the reason I bring that up is because you can discern uh, the voices. Um, this right. isn't certainly I'm an expert at, but I know that he, I can hear from the Holy Spirit um, and experience Jesus and, uh, and hear from the Father and communicate with the Father. And that, to me, is something I wanted to emphasize today because it, it really expands your prayer life. It, it raises your expectations, yeah. right? If you, if you kneel down to pray and you realize, right, I'm going to talk to the King of Kings. I'm going to talk to my Father, who's the creator of the universe. And I'm going to talk to the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who was poured inside of me. This is a this is going to be an engaging, exciting conversation. Yeah, right. That's man. how prayer should be thought of, right? It should not be just liturgical. It should not be just uh, reading uh, someone else's prayer. That's a great thing to do, by the way, mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. how to pray. Oh yeah. When as long as you're reading the right kind of people, but um, but it's also just exciting. It raises expectation to go into this knowing that all three members of the Trinity are, are wanting and are planning on interacting with me. And hey, if you have an ear, you need to listen to what the Spirit is saying and discern what Jesus is saying. And look in the word, and as you read the word, expect them to talk to you.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love, oh man, you start talking about the voice of the Lord is like my favorite topic. But when it comes to this dialoguing You know, and you sit there, you were totally right about how our pain influences the way that we perceive him. Now, I, I have to say from the outset, when you mentioned the demons voices get into our head, there's shame and regret in my head, it's astounding to me, dude, that there are so many Christians who have a wide open theology for that. I've never met a Christian who said, no, demons can't talk to us. like. Everybody believes that the demons can influence us, and yet there's a whole uh, line of Christianity that would say the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to us. So, please, like, let's consider for a second how demonic of a lie, how demonic of a stronghold this is in the church, that we have come to believe evil spirits can talk to us, but God's Spirit does not. It's, It's insane to me, and and let me just say, it's specific answers get specific requests. If you want to hear God, go ask him to talk. And, um, you know, I was with a, a brother back in the spring, went to his church service, and, and uh, he was testifying about missions giving. And he said he and his wife go off into prayer. Lord, how much do you want us to give for missions? And they come back with the same answer. And, and, uh, and that pastor also tells me that God doesn't speak. So, you know, specific prayers get specific answers, including you and your wife coming up with the same offering number, right? I think the more you would ask God to get involved in your life, the more you'll notice it. And probably that, well, the number one safest way is going to be, you know, asking him to speak through his scriptures in which most of us do that, I would guess. Um, But secondly, Mm -hmm. I would just say being around spirit-filled people, you know, for example... I was at a pastor's prayer meeting this morning i think there was five maybe six of us there were six of us pastors in there they're praying over me and the one guy spoke into my life something that you and half a dozen other spirit-filled pastors have all said right so when you're hearing the same thing from guys who don't you know they're not coordinating this um, you're realizing oh this is the voice of the lord coming through his church And the more that we pay attention to spirit filled people, spirit filled voices, the more you ask, and then the more you give credit where credit is due, you're being a good steward of his voice. And all of that is going to help position our heart to where we can receive it. Because I'll be honest, when I first sat with the Lord to just listen, I said, Lord, could you tell me how much you love me? I was not able to receive that love. He would speak. And I would say, no, like, I don't love me that much, so you can't love me that much. And uh, I had to continue to sit there week after week and month after month until, you know, my heart was positioned in a way where I, where I could receive. And the voice of the Lord configures my heart, aligns it with his heart and his will. And, and if we ask anything according to his will, he answers it. And so I have to get my will lined up with his in order to be most effective in prayer
1: individual prayer life. If you're starting off, you're saying, look, I've, I've wanted to pray for years. I kind of gave up on it years ago. How do I start fresh? Um, start by asking the Lord good questions. Yes. And, uh, and take some promises from scripture and ask the Lord how he wants you to apply those promises to your life. Um, okay. And then I think one way to grow in your prayer life as an individual is to have a prayer culture in your home. That's great. This is a, this is a missing element People know they should pray at church, although a lot of churches don't give them space to do that. People know they should pray as individuals, so they struggle to do that. Some people pray in the car, some people pray in the shower, some people pray before bed, but struggle with just making it relational. But then a prayer culture in the home, I mean, this to me is where the enemy is just killing us. He is robbing us blind mm. of a, a house filled with prayer. Right? We know that the church should be a house of prayer, but what about our houses? our little houses that we have mortgages on or that we rent. Wh- what about those? Are those houses of prayer? And why is it weird for us to teach our kids to pray? You know, so... couple. Preach! Things.
0: Come on, man! Preach! Uh,
1: if you have... Yes! Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen! Uh, so, a couple things. If you have a little child who can't read yet, uh, teach them to look for Jesus. Ask the Lord... To ask the Lord questions. Give them very simple questions like... Jesus, where are you right now? Jesus, how do you feel about this person? Um, Teach them the friendship and the constant presence of Jesus. Uh, Where's Jesus in the room? That's a great question for a three, four, five uh, year old who hasn't learned to read yet to ask. When someone starts to read, you can begin to add um, some, some written prayers, right? Ask them to write a letter to the Lord and start with that. It's amazing when you write a letter, it's so much different than when you just kind of beg and beg and beg. And a lot yeah. of Christians, they start just over and over again. They repeat the same thing. They're not
0: being vain in the repetitions like the Pharisees, but they also are just kind of being soulish. Yeah, I think – Just being emotional. To just insert a very impor- important point right here is the importance of journaling. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. writing yeah. is so powerful. Journaling is the discipline of writing. Don't say my thunder,
1: Robinson. I was getting there. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So – uh, if we planned better and had outlines to, to share with which we don't. Uh, so yeah, you have a little child looking using their imagination that God created him with, looking for Jesus. You could you could even have them look for angels as long as they know not to worship angels or pray to angels, right But angels are a big part of the kingdom. They're allowed to, they're allowed to see them. Uh, what do you see? What do you see at church? Uh, my daughter has seen a Bible on fire. She's seen a lion uh, over a person. She has seen all sorts of stuff. She's five. She still has things when she was four, three, and, and, and still currently. Then learning to write letters to Jesus and then growing into journaling. Right? So 8, 9, 10, 11, learning to ask the Lord questions and write down the answers. So you start by writing a note to Jesus, right, at at five, six, seven, And then you you kind of evolve. Seven years of age is a good age because Samuel had that. Uh, that was the age Samuel heard the voice of God. You kind of evolve or progress into journaling asking questions of the Lord and seeing what he wants to say. And you can use scripture really to help you. And you can also use your spirit filled parents. If you're that child to help you evaluate if the answers are from the Lord, or those answers are, are rooted in pain or fear or selfishness or, or any other human emotion, right? Is that something God would say? Does it align with his word? Does it align with the spirit of his word? Um, all of those things uh, really help you in growing and hearing God's voice. So before I came to your prayer conference, I uh, turned on a worship song. It was a four-minute worship song. So this was not an hour of prayer. And I said, all right, listen to the Lord for my trip. This is the night before I flew out. And uh, all four of my children and my wife had a word uh, for me. And I think all but one I saw specifically uh, fulfilled. And one was a Bible verse that may have been fulfilled, maybe not. But uh, it was beautiful to see yeah, totally. the Lord use all those things. So that's how we are. We haven't arrived. We, we still use Netflix too much. But we are trying to move forward in creating a culture of prayer as a family. Now, one of the guys I love who does this is Pete Gregg. Pete talks about the, the headquarters of the home being the dining room table. And I love that. Get rid of your TV trays. Turn your TV off. Get a dining room table. Sit around it. Have dinner together. And as you have dinner together learn to engage in conversation so what what i learned from him was they take a, a spinner and they spin it before the meal and whoever it lands on that person gets to pray for the meal and that person has to ask everyone a question at the table and then every other question has that everyone else at the table has to ask that person a question about themselves so it creates engaging conversation it begins with prayer and then he talks about looking for promises for each member of the family and he challenged his sons to find promises for their mom and to find promises for their dad and he challenged his wife to find promises for the boys. And those promises would change as seasons went on. And so using the scriptures to, um, to, to harness and direct uh, your life and the lives of those in your family. And those are some simple things. Obviously we could talk a long time about that, but those are some simple things that I see need to be done. And if you have a TV in your house, you just need to switch apps. So go over from the Netflix app to the YouTube app <laughs> yeah. and play Spirit Forward podcast. <laughs> or better yet better yet play some worship music and if you got a little three four year old who already thinks she's a disney princess uh let her dance to worship music for jesus yes yes and if you got a 14 year old who thinks that's lame because i have a 14 year old son then have him write songs um ask him what lyrics stand out to the worship song engage their mind and uh and, and teach them how to soak and listen to the Lord's voice, but also teach them how to actively pray with music playing. Um, create David's tabernacle in your living room. Amen. And it's going to transform uh, the culture of your home.
0: Culture in your home, um, like the culture of your own heart, will be positioned towards Christ. Prayer is the way that we give Christ exaltation in a life. So in, as an individual, it is a prayer posture that humbles me and yields me before the master and the king of kings so that i'm walking in his will and his will alone i spent some time with um, some elders from another church this morning just discussing um, the need to walk in the call of god like don't walk outside of it stay exactly where he's placed you and the only way to know the call of god is through a vibrant prayer life and so it makes christ the head of my life it's the same answer to make christ the head of my home it is it is honestly it is not a devotional book it is not dad becoming the quote-unquote preacher of the home. It's the prayer culture of a family that will place Christ as the head because ultimately we're supposed to send our kids out into the world with Christ as their head. There's only one means of doing that, and it's, it is through the prayer culture which does not have to be complex, as you just said. It can, it can even take on the form of games and of dancing and of joy in the home. And then, I mean, we're, we're about to talk about corporate prayer, but the only way to have Christ as head of a church is through prayer. And too often elders and pastors and deacons and leaders are feuding and splitting and not understanding which way to go with their church polity. Well, the need is going to be that prayer meeting. And if it starts in your heart and you can align yourself with the Lord in that regard, then you can, it can move into your marriage, it can move into your family, and ultimately it can move into your ministry or even into your job. I mean, my chiropractor, they pray every single morning, dude. Like my chiropractor's office is like a better church than most churches. <laughs> I mean, they're praying every day, kinda sorta healing people, you know? <laughs> so look, you can take the prayer culture into your life and I have friends who run painters' businesses and pressure cleaning businesses every single day of their life they get to pray over a client or whatever it doesn't have to be some big religious routine but it's it's making Christ the head of your life and this is the way to do it I we look we can talk about Bible preaching we can talk about the proper teaching of the Word of God but at some point you have to obey the scriptures hmm. and pray without ceasing. Yeah. yeah yeah that's the call. Do it. that's the call
1: yeah and, and I think um, when I've developed a prayer life Where I know that throughout the week, I'm actively listening and conversing with the King of Kings, and he is my friend. When I get to the place where I can say, I love you, Jesus, and I know it's true. Yeah! Right? That gives me a ton of peace. Right. Secondly, when it's in my home, it becomes intimacy. Because it's just who we are. Um, Jesus is with us. He's in the home. We recognize Him. We honor Him. We love Him. We pray more than just before the meal, right? Then when I go to church, it's so much more natural. Sure. And uh, that is such a struggle for churches. I've been to thousands of Baptist churches. And so, you know, I'm not an expert compared to some, but experientially... I've been to more churches than 99% of the world has been That's to. a lot. I'd, I've been to, I would, I've been to a lot say, of churches.
0: I'd say I've been to dozens. Thousands is a lot.
1: Oh, Now you're now you're making me second guess myself. I am an independent Baptist. We do like to inflate our numbers. Anyways, uh, yeah, my bad. Uh, I've been to a lot of churches and traveled several summers to just church after church after church. After church. Mm-hmm. And the prayer cultures in most churches, from what I saw, were non-existent. Right. Also, the prayer lives of the preacher's family, particularly the kids, are often non-existent. Um, I can say, honestly, that I've worked with uh, thousands of uh, Bible college students. And many of them are sons and daughters of pastors and assistant pastors. And many of them told me, I don't know how to pray. I was never taught how to pray. Mm. I think my dad prayed but he never taught me how to pray. He preached about it, and he assumed by preaching and yelling at me <laughs> or or passionately telling me, you need to pray more, that I would pick that up, but I don't know how to do this. So yeah. we need to model it as individuals. We need to mentor it in our uh, homes, and then you'll have momentum Ooh. for your church. I was, making, I was ad-libbing as I went. It's like, whose line is it anyway? Uh, so I, we had to, you know, we need to... Um, have all three stages there and then a child in church they feel at home like oh we do this at home they feel confident and we we teach this all the time as pastors right oh if you want to help a visitor get engaged in your church give them a place where they belong give them a responsibility or give them let them feel like they have something that belongs to them right well shouldn't we do this spiritually more than we do it physically right isn't it more important that they feel a place in the prayer culture than they feel a place at the coffee bar or as a greeter or parking lot attendant And so when we train our people to find their roles in prayer, find their voice in prayer, find God's voice in prayer, your church is going to be a praying church. Yeah. It's that simple.
0: You know, earlier you talked about your kids not being able to read, but you can still engage them in spiritual things. And I had thought, my mind's come back to this about now church prayer culture. There's a guy in our church who's mentally handicapped, just turned 40 years old. He will never read. I don't, he might be able to spell his name, maybe. Um, And yet, he's engaged in our prayer, he'll come and sit through entire prayer meetings and God will give him visions and he makes short, simple prayers and they get answered. And And uh, he brings humility to the table. He brings faith, oh, tons of faith, you know, the faith of a child into the room. He just knows God's going to heal or whatever the case may be. And He doesn't have to be able to read to grab hold of some prayer promises or to see visions from the Lord or what have you. So, you know, that man taught me big time how there is a space in the church for spiritual gifts. You know, I'm saying this from a background of thinking the spiritual gifts were mainly like you can join the choir or be a Sunday school teacher. And if not, I guess you can be a janitor or a bus driver. Um. But yet there's these spiritual gifts that people can engage in where everyone has a voice, okay? We know all may prophesy, so everyone has a voice in the church, um, including those who are mentally handicapped or uneducated or whatever. And this is the culture that is the furnace of the church that engages the people. You know, I'm thinking right now of like Jim Cimbala and how many people did, did, uh, you know, were present in the early days of Brooklyn Tabernacle when they first committed themselves to prayer. Uneducated people, right? Drug addicts and so on. Prostitutes coming into this place and and being taught that that prayer community. You're like, this is for pretty much everybody.
1: So a lot of times um, people, want what brooklyn tabernacle has i want people that are lined up outside the building on tuesday night for their prayer meeting hmm. right i've been there i stood it was 40 degrees out and raining and i stood for an hour and a half
0: to get in the building for a service uh, as a sunday service to be fair not tuesday but tuesday's the same way hey ken i will tell you it will never be 40 degrees at my church brother if you stand well, outside for 90 minutes at, at Vero beach it will never be 40 degrees okay that's good to know but uh you know, it, it was it was incredible to see that.
1: And you read Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, which you haven't re- if you haven't read it, listener. I encourage you to listen, uh, to go read it by Jim Cymbala and and his other For books sure. as well. But when you read when you do that, I read it and I then came to the Cincinnati, Ohio area to start our church, and we wanted a prayer meeting like that. But our mistake, one of the many 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 mistakes I made. Uh, I can't exaggerate the number of mistakes I made but one of many mistakes I made was programming right and trying to schedule like we're gonna have a praying church because we're committed to it on the schedule hmm. but if but as I've learned when it, by reaching the individual and teaching them to pray and then them doing it in their home, now I have a praying church and what happened was I had to, Move our small groups into a prayer meeting because everyone was so passionate about prayer. That's how I got a praying church. So the individuals had been reached. They'd been set on fire by the Holy spirit. They were praying in their homes. And when they came to church, they were so passionate. I was like, we should all just get together and pray because that's what our small groups turning into. And look, there's seasons to it. Mm -hmm. Not every week is a fire. Some weeks it's like every other church where, you know, people came out of character they came cuz they love each other and you left and you're like
0: man we didn't really feel revival today <laughs> kind of sleepy but, so, today
1: yeah so yeah there's seasons of distraction seasons of oppression all that but the the prayer culture that the lord has given us that we that we do do sustain and work to sustain in season or out of season um came from individuals being set on fire and that took me you know 9 years or seven years I guess to learn that so it, it couldn't be hey we have a prayer meeting at 7:30, so everybody needs to show up because the people who came if they weren't on fire it made for an awful service
0: yeah and so. I misunderstood it too I, I remember back in the day we would have men's prayer Saturday morning whatever nine o'clock or whatever and we struggled to pray for 15 minutes right like literally you know and it'd be like we're praying for souls to be saved on Sunday Praying for a bigger attendance, probably praying for a need here or there. Um, I think that, you know, the presence of repentance and confession is a big part of this. Um, and even in the growth culture of our church, like the first really uh, good season of prayer came about when we were praying into an Easter season, right? And we got specific because specific prayers get specific answers. And God answered so many prayers. Uh, in accordance to this Easter service, but then it died out uh, for a number of months, and it came back to life in the fall. Um, And it's funny, earlier you said most Baptist churches don't have a prayer meeting to speak of. Um, When our prayer meeting kind of really came to life, we had a guest evangelist and his wife, and I told him, Saturday night we're going to have a prayer meeting. And then we're gonna start the revival on Sunday with some prayer meetings involved. And later on, him and his wife admitted, they said, we did not wanna come to the prayer meeting because usually they stink. And usually we go into these churches and it's just, here's a list and here's some gossip. (laughs) And it's really nothing. But what took place that fall was revolutionary in that people started actually confessing sins and repenting. And there was probably 20 of us, maybe, probably less, but it really shifted something in our church. It brought about a genuine humility um, that many of us had experienced on the individual level. So remember, it starts at that individual level, goes through the family, gets to your uh, community. In the community, it's still the same thing. Like You need repentance. You need a space for confession. Uh, You need an openness. I had asked my assistant pastor at least a year ago, I said to him hey man if you were going to take a church tomorrow or you're going to start a church what are your top priorities he thought about it and he said i think i would prioritize a prayer meeting and cultivate um, a culture of open confession and of course you know and it's like we already mentioned fresh wind fresh fire you know this is this is this is the foundational starting point and it's like if you haven't touched first base, you know, as so many churches haven't, it's like this is this is what makes sense out of why so many pastors are burning out, falling out of ministry, why why there's so much carnality and fighting and backbiting and all that stuff. It's like how about if we back up and start confessing our sins one to another? How about if we have a, an environment of repentance and, and openness? And, um, yeah, I think that's sufficient. I could keep going on that forever.
1: Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, so for us, as individuals grew in passion, then the prayer meeting just took off, and mm-hmm. and you could pray for an hour, as our church uh, does every week, at least, and that's kind of our baseline, um, but it's not foreign to them. They feel comfortable, and then my children, because they're praying at home, they don't feel out of like fish out of water at church, where the church pushes in or leans in a prayer. They feel like they can participate, and they can have a voice, and other children in the church do as well, so... I think once you have a church that's praying like that, then you can begin to develop a ministry of intercession where you you discern the people who after an hour of prayer are just getting started. And those people can have their own separate meeting and they can do warfare prayer. They can intercede on behalf of the services, on behalf of the leadership, and it fulfills them because it's their spiritual gift. And they can grow in intercession you're gonna see spiritual gifts develop through your prayer ministry. We've talked about all these spiritual gifts in our 101 series, prophecy, healing, and you'll see people who have a grace to pray for healing and a grace to pray for prophecy, but that's not gonna come about from like 30 minutes of taking prayer requests, 15 minutes of teaching on prayer, and 10 minutes of praying. <laughs> no, you gotta have, which is a lot of prayer meetings I've been in, yeah. uh, you, you've gotta have length of time and you've gotta have transparency and vulnerability like, hey, this person's sick. Why don't you pray for him? Nothing happens. That's okay. You did great. Why don't you pray for him? And you find people who have a grace for healing by letting everybody pray over the person who's sick. Yeah. And uh, you may be the guinea pig. I've been the guinea pig in the past, you know. I'm like, hey, my gallbladder is, they, they want to cut it out. I'm sick. Help me. And uh, having different people pray. So you you develop those different aspects of prayer out of a, out of a culture there. And um, man, the Lord's been so faithful and I feel like we're just when I we haven't scratched the surface. So there's so many churches and mm. prayer ministries that are um more experienced and and have have advanced in the kingdom further on this than than we have. But uh the Lord's doing a he's doing a mighty work. And so yeah. we just want to encourage our uh our friends, our listeners, jump in and pursue the Lord. He is answering prayers, um at an incredible it's just just in incredible ways Uh this is a season of revival that's going on around the world and when there's revival there's a lot of answered prayer happening
0: hallelujah you know you mentioning that there's a lot of churches out there with a lot more experience in prayer and I think that was the next point I wanted to draw out was um, get into those spaces like if you're a pastor if you're a leader if you're a small group leader whatever that like go find a house of prayer go get in there and watch them you know grab hold of the 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 horns on the altar and to make their intercession go with them as they pour out the praise and learn the different cultures um that are that God is bringing up in the earth and Ken's totally right guys we are in a season of revival if you walk in the spirit you know this if you're getting your information from Twitter and Fox News you don't know this but we are in a season of revival the movement of prayer is sweeping the earth and I guarantee you there are houses of prayer all around you. And, and if you'll ask God to lead you to a praying ministry so that you can catch some of that fire, uh, he'll show you. Of course he wants us praying. And this issue of prayer too is where, where you find out, let me just say, in terms of getting along in the kingdom and getting outside of your denomination. When you find people that really truly pray, you know, you're know, you going to say, you know, I, I want to hang around these guys, whether they're Wesleyan or whether they're, uh, Methodist or whether they're Presby or Baptist or it's like I want to be around the praying people Oh,
1: you're such a compromiser, Robinson my goodness
0: <laughs> oh, I will beat yeah. that drum forever go get yeah. around the praying people well
1: and there you know there is a little bit of a hypocrisy there right so if you can't do that with living people you can do it with dead people right because Andrew, <laughs> right. Andrew Murray Ian Bounds AJ Gordon D.L. Moody totally all different denominations totally. right so you want to read Charles Finney and some people are like, Oh no, you can't read Finney Uh John Wesley. You yeah. start reading about these prayer warriors. Uh as I've said, I think in one of their episodes, Deeper Experiences of Famous Christians, an old book, but over a hundred year old book now. Uh it wrecked my life and uh put me on a a forty day fast when I was twenty one years old. And there was people from all over. Savannah Rolla, DL Moody, they've got Moses and Elijah in there. They got some 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 Bible characters too. But just reading the different ways that God ministered to people across the body of Christ and set them on fire. So, if you feel like you're just you can't visit a, a house of prayer because it would violate your Reformed mentality, then uh, go read deeper experiences of famous Christians, mm-hmm. and uh, you can read the you can read the dead people who are outside your denomination.
0: Uh, you could also come to the Spirit Forward conferences. Come on, what a segue! So. <laughs> no, I'm not going to segue into that. Um, but you should. I would say just before closing, the three priorities that I carry with me into prayer time, no matter individual, family, corporate, church, community, whatever, I want to prioritize kind of these three facets. And the first one is praise, exaltation. Usually, this involves singing. You know, singing is a tremendous form of prayer. It moves our heart so easily, right? So we're gonna have praise and also prayers of exaltation. We wanna pray the names of God. We wanna pray the attributes of God. We wanna declare who he is through our prayers. So just praise and exaltation. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit loves to praise Jesus. And when you start in on that, he gets excited, okay? And I tell you, give yourself to doing that. You can go, yeah, go as long as you can, praising Jesus. And then we will generally, you know, shift towards prayer, which, you know, that could be the supplication or the, uh, it could be the intercession. Uh, generally in the praise, you know, we, we want to also include some confessions, okay? Either confession of sin or like the confessions of truth, right? In our church, we often will, will just in unison, we'll will read creeds together. You know, we just want to make these confessions of truth and confessions of sin and all these things that lift up God. And then we move into our prayer and sensing you know, the Holy Spirit's really moving in the room at this point and he's directing our prayers and teaching us, this is the direction we're going today. Uh, and then, and then generally we're going to take time for prophecy just to add a third P right there, um, praise, prayer, and prophecy. And then what I mean usually by prophecy is we're going to listen. Okay. We're going to stop talking um, as a group and just sit in total silence or, you know, in my easy chair, or with my family, whatever, like we're going to pause at this point, and we're going to allow the Lord to speak. And let me just say to you, if you are still unfamiliar with the voice of the Lord, and if you're not really certain about how the gift of prophecy works, or how God can navigate us with, in you know, these little spontaneous thoughts and whatnot, man, when you do that in a group setting, you know, for example, I think one of the first real significant times that we did this. We were, um, again, praying towards an Easter service. And when we asked the Lord, we had four people in the room heard the same thing from God. Like four, four of us were like, I think God wants to do this. And pop, 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 four of us. It was like, wow. You know, and so great confirmation in how to follow the Lord so that when you go do this thing that seems so crazy, other churches don't do this. Okay. You go and do this crazy thing, but it's like, God could not have been any clearer. (laughs) So we're going to do it. And so that's why I think it's so important as a church to do. And this is how, this is why I said it connects us to the head. It makes him the head of the church. If you've got a group of people hearing from the Lord, then we're going to do that thing. And if Pastor Josh says something differently than what God just said, everyone's going to know. So this makes him the head.
1: Come on. Yeah, All right. I think uh, I think I see a series coming up, Elements of
0: Prayer. It's mm. going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm kind of getting worked up right here. I like it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, you know what? Let me pray for the listener. Lord, I ask that you would come over this man, this woman, a pastor who's listening to this show, and their heart has been stirred. And, Father, I thank you for the fire that is within their chest. I thank you that the Holy Spirit burns within this person and I thank you for the way that you have touched them and stirred them up through this conversation. I thank you for the ways that you have spoken. Um, Today I just know that there have been things that have come out of my mouth and out of Ken's mouth that we were totally unaware that you were speaking to a listener today because that's how you always work. And so I give you awesome thanks for that and I ask Lord that you would fan up the flame within their hearts and uh, that there would be a movement of people committing themselves to pray uh, and give them wisdom, Lord. What, what areas of their life need cut away so that prayer might have its proper place? Oh, Lord, make that so in my life, Lord. Cut away, circumcise the areas in my life, Father, that are getting in the way of prayer. And uh, thank you for this conversation today. Thank you for the blessings that you bestow. Thank you for your presence. And in Jesus' holy name, amen. Hallelujah. For more resources, please
1: visit spiritforward.faith. And until next time, may God bless you in Jesus' mighty name.